So put your hands together and please welcome. This is Utah's best sports radio. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It is the big show. We're down here at the warehouse. I'm Gordon Monson. Uh, Tim Lacombe sitting in for the vacationing. Jake Scott. Alex is driving this uh, this bus back at the studio. And uh, Tim, uh, we have a special guest on the line. A man who does what you do sometimes. He does pre- it way better. The pre half and post uh, shows for the jazz games. Uh, yeah, Ben, how are you? Doing good, Gordon. How are you guys? Ben Anderson. And uh, who's bringing us uh, Ben today? Ben is on a Sprint special guest line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. So is it intimidating, Tim, having uh, Ben uh, do the show when you don't do the show? I'm just wondering if you compare and say, oh, wow, he's... He knows a lot more than I do. He's much smarter than I am. He's better looking than I am. Is that ever happened? That's typical. Most most things in my life that you could answer the question that way. <laughs> smarter, more money, more talent, better looking. So I, I have a very low bar. And, uh, you know, Ben beats me on all of those. Ben, uh, you have a response to that? We certainly know far less about basketball than the coach does. So, I, I mean, he, he's got me there by an enormously, enormous margin. I do know that Jake uh, Jake loves working with Ben, and I'm excited because when the playoffs roll around, I think we all cram into that studio. So uh, that will that will be fun to uh, to get to know Ben and Gordy uh, Chiesa better, and and have PK hanging around. I'm sure Gordy, you'll come by. Gordon, you'll come by. But uh, it's uh, it's definitely it's it's a fun thing, and it's a great season. The Jazz are. Or uh, you know, through the to the All Star break now, and you're just your general thoughts, Ben. Um, we've talked a little bit about uh, the Jazz and the season thus far, but uh, just your general thoughts on on this first stretch uh, prior or leading up to the All Star game. I mean, I think it's hard to say they've done anything but live up to expectations and the huge expectations that were set in the off season when they went out and traded for Mike Conley and, and signed Boyan Bogdanovich. I think Jazz fans thought this might be. Uh, the year, or at least the closest step they've taken to becoming a championship contender. And you look at the record wins they've got before the All-Star break and, and how well they're playing. And certainly when they're playing their best basketball, it's as good a basketball as I've ever seen the Jazz play. So uh, I think in that sense, it's been an enormous success. It's been exactly what Jazz fans have hoped for. But you forget that there's no perfect season. You know, there, there's no uh, incredibly perfect ties. And even the team with the best record of all time won 73 games and then lost in the finals. So there's ups and there's downs in every year, but it's hard to be anything but happy with this jazz season. You know, Ben, one of the things that Tim said earlier is that the seasons never go exactly to form. There's always some surprise along the way, both positive and negative. What has been surprising about this season to you? I think how quickly they've been able to turn some of their problems around and seemingly fix their problems. Now teams adjust and figure out ways to attack you from there, but 
when it seems like they have a fatal flaw or, or some of the uh, problems that they had early in the year when they were 13-11, Quinn Snyder and the, the team's ability to fix those problems has certainly been pretty remarkable and, and surprising and, and very promising because those are something that's something you're going to have to count on in the playoffs as well, where in the past when the Houston Rockets figured out how to exploit Rudy Gobert or, or take advantage of some of the Jazz uh, offensive players by saying, well, we're going to let you shoot and we're not going to let Donovan Mitchell attack the rim. And if we do that, you're going to be, you know, basically neutered as an offense. That doesn't really exist anymore. And when teams try and take something away or do or find that success for three or four games, it always seems like Quinn Snyder knows the right buttons to push to get the team back and playing well. Uh, we talked about the the impact and, and the move the Jazz made to acquire Jordan Clarkson. I I think my my nickname for him. I know we all got to have nicknames for the guys, but I, I think he's the catalyst. I think what he's done is um, he's come to a, a situation where they desperately needed some scoring punch off the bench, and and he certainly provided that. But my thought is, and I'd like to hear what you think about it. Um, I think he's, it's had an effect on the other guys on the bench as well. Like they. They've almost taken, um, allowed him to kind of show the way, and then he's br- he's drug a, a couple of guys along with him. What are your thoughts on that? It, it is kind of a, a cast of, of you know the island of misfit toys. You know, Emmanuel Moutier was nearly out of the league. George Niang has bounced around with three teams now and has kind of found his way to the Jazz and has figured out a little bit of a role for himself. Tony Bradley, I think, was kind of in those last couple of stages where if you don't play, if you're a first-round draft pick and you play 12 games over your first two years, hard to say you've made it uh and, and so they were floating around and, and i certainly think there was a lot of uh, not distrust but just uncertainty with that lineup and then you're right tim i think as soon as jordan clarkson got traded on what december 23rd you got there that next day and all of a sudden everyone was playing with a purpose all, all of a sudden everything that they could do started to really make sense whether that was tony bradley rolling to the rim or emmanuel moutier's ability to push the ball uh, when he grabs a rebound and goes, it just it all seems to click in. And you're right, he's the catalyst for that. He, he makes it all make sense. Uh, and, and it's, I mean, I'm thinking of in-season additions, not just by the Jazz, which I've heard of, you know, a conversation, maybe he's the best trade the Jazz have made since they went out and got Jeff Hornacek mid-season. I, I don't know many teams, period, who go out and trade for a guy and he fits this well, this quickly, and all of a sudden unlocks this new level of his game that we've never seen before. So what what is the strength of this team, Ben? And what if you were to pick out one thing, what would you say the strength is and what would you say they lack? I'd still say the strength is three-point shooting. I mean, they're just so overwhelming sometimes, their ability to shoot the threes. And even a guy like Jordan Clarkson who will have two bad possessions or, or Boyan Bogdanovich will have two bad defensive possessions. And then he'll hit two or three threes in a four-minute span. You realize, okay, he, you know, maybe he gave up six points, but he scored nine or 12 in minutes and it's just it's overwhelming it really is very golden state warriors-esque of what the warriors have done over the last half decade where they'll have a quarter where they hit seven threes and the game's over it's just it's bizarre to see and sometimes it's the first quarter and they go up by 21 and then you just have to hang on against the dallas mavericks they did it against the portland trailblazers earlier this year as well or sometimes it's games like when they were at the orlando magic and and were kind of in a tough game or a close game and even this last game i think you could make that argument against the miami heat where it was close through three quarters and then they have a six-minute stretch where they hit threes and all of a sudden the game's over. And it's, it's demoralizing to opponents. And you can certainly see it on these teams where they thought they were playing well, they thought they were playing a close game, and then within a couple of minutes the game is over and it's not close anymore. So I think that's what's most remarkable. I actually think the Jazz might have too many ball handlers, which is a little bit strange. When we talk about 
how many issues the Jazz had last year and two years ago attacking the Houston Rockets defense. They didn't have enough playmakers with the ball in their hands. And now between Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Jordan Clarkson, Joe Ingles certainly has proven that I think he needs the ball in his hands. There just might not be enough ball to go around for some of these guys. So if there's a weakness, it might be that the Jazz are somewhat reliant on, on kind of some high-usage ball-in-hand players, and you're going to have to make sure that that all meshes and, and fits by the end of the year. Ben, what do you think? Um, do you think that's Mike Conley? Do you think that's the issue he's had to this point? Um, obviously been playing better the last few games and, and coming off the injury, but do you think it's, it's simply he's been used to having the ball in his hands uh, all the time, and now it's like a quarter of the time? I do think that's a big part of it, and certainly last year you know, he was going 20 points a game for the Memphis Grizzlies because they were a terrible team and he could touch it as much as he wanted, and, and they were happy to do it because he was a fan favorite, so it made sense to do that. So I think coming into a place where you know, you've know you got a different skill set, you've got a different roller in, in Rudy Gobert versus a guy like Marcus Gasol who would pick and pop instead of pick and roll, I think those were all adjustments. Trying to figure out what the team's strength was, I think that really was a big issue for Mike Conley, and, and you know it, it might have needed 20 games on the sideline to sit and watch what the Jazz were doing to figure out, hey, how is this team playing? Why do they play this way? How do I fit in there? And also, he's kind of got a weird pace. He plays at a much slower pace and more deliberate pace than I think some of the other players on the team do, and that can be hard to adjust to if you're young and want to play fast. And not that the Jazz are the quickest team, but sometimes they can get out and push or take quick shots, and that doesn't really seem like Mike Conley's style, but... Over his last four games before the two-game injury that he suffered, he's just I, I thought he was amazing. And, and I know Jazz fans want to see Joe Ingles get the ball in his hand more and kind of play that point guard role, but Mike Conley's a better point guard than Joe Ingles is. So in, in that sense, I think Quinn Snyder's doing the right thing by taking the ball out of Joe's hands a little bit more, making him more of a spot-up shooter, and then relying on the, the playmaking ability of Mike Conley because he can score at the rim, you know, he can beat you with a layup, he can pull up for a floater, and if you're going to sag off him so he can't beat you off the dribble, he'll hit a three. He's just a really, he's a really dangerous offensive player, and we've seen that. So, Ben, if Mike uh, makes the full adjustment and the Jazz get the best of Mike Conley, what kind of difference will that make for this team? It's huge in the playoffs. It's huge when they're playing the Houston Rockets or whichever team says, you know what we think we can do? We can take away the Joe Ingles, Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gobert pick and roll. Or we can take away Donovan Mitchell's ability to penetrate because we're going to put our best defensive player on him, whether that's a Kawhi Leonard or a Paul George. You can focus on those types of players. But the problem is you don't have answers to everything when you're as deep as the Jazz are. Maybe you, maybe you find a guy to face guard Boyan Bogdanovich so he doesn't go off for 21 points every game in the playoffs. Great. Do you have an answer then, answer five for Mike Conley? Do you have the next answer down the line? You probably don't. And I think that's what the Jazz are gambling on is take away our number one option, take away the number two option. Do you have an answer for number three and number four? Because they can both score 20 points every single game in a playoff series as well. And that's going to be really hard to stop. And actually where the Jazz might be a better postseason team than they are even a regular season team. What's your take on the All-Star game, Ben? Are you uh... – you excited to watch it? Uh, do you like it generally? Just your thoughts on this All-Star game coming up. No, I'm excited. I'm down here in Chicago for the first time. I've never been to an All-Star game, so it's, it's very cool. It's cool to be a part of. It's fun to be around, and the players are certainly excited about it. I, I'm excited for it. I think the new uh, format where they reset the score after every quarter and then add it up going into the fourth quarter and add 24 points in honor of Kobe Bryant, it'll be interesting. It should add some intrigue to the game. But no, no one's watching the, the All-Star game to try and get competitiveness. We want to see the best players in the world play together. 
fun to see the new young stars, including Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, get mixed into that. And that there's a reason for Jazz fans to watch. There's a reason to celebrate it. And, and really, I mean, we're, without Steph Curry, unfortunately, or Kevin Durant, really some of the best players we've ever seen, I mean, just the, the, the honor it is to watch a guy like LeBron James, you know, still doing it at this level and then play at this level. It's, it's a very cool thing that uh, you hope you can sit down and appreciate, even if it's not the best basketball you're going to watch. Ben, let me ask you an impossible question to answer. Uh, what the heck? What what uh, kind of showing do you think we'll get out of Mitchell and Gobert in this game? Uh, if they get a decent amount of minutes, are you going to see Rudy playing full out at the defensive end, uh, regardless of the exhibition atmosphere there? Will you see Donovan dominate the ball and, and all the spin moves to the hoop, the dunks and all that? I think Donovan's going to try and get at least a couple of highlight reel dunks, especially because he doesn't have any – uh, obligations either tonight or tomorrow night uh, in the dunk contest or the skills challenge. So he should have some fresh legs. And I think he'll want to show that off a little bit. And, that, and that's good. The, the style of play certainly fits his game. How many minutes he gets, I think, is going to be questionable. And the same goes for Rudy Gobert. You know, Gobert's uh, an awesome player, and he's great during the regular season and the playoffs. I, I don't know how much his style of play fits the all-star game. And is he going to try and block somebody's shot? Maybe he does. And maybe that's a little bit of a fire on the gasoline that gets this game going and gets this game competitive. Rudy could certainly have that aspect, or everyone could say, all right, if he's actually going to try, we'll just sit back and shoot threes and be happy to do that. And he could, uh, in a sense, ruin the game. So I think you hope you don't see that from Gobert. But, you know, those guys should get six to ten points each and, and get a couple of fun opportunities to get some highlights. Um, ben, looking at the the second half or, uh, after the All-Star break um, here, what uh, – where do you think the Jazz will, if you had to guess, where would you think they'll finish, I guess, in the West? Um, what position are we looking for here in the West? Yeah, the, the West is going to be really interesting because, I mean, it's a little bit pick your poison. Not, not in the first round, even though the, the first round is going to be tough for everybody. I mean, I don't care if you're the Lakers and having to play the Memphis Grizzlies or the Portland Trailblazers or whoever makes it. That's going to be a tough matchup. It's still probably over in five games, but I'd be surprised if we see a sweep. Uh, you, do, you do, I think, want to avoid that 4-5 spot because you don't want to play the Lakers in the second round. If you can avoid LeBron James in the playoffs, as every Eastern Conference team over the last you know 10 years before he was with the Lakers last season can tell you there's just no value in playing him because you're not going to beat him and he's going to go to the finals. And, and the Lakers probably are the favorite right now still to make it that far. I mean, the ideal situation is to end up in a 2-3 spot and have the Clippers fall to number four so the two L.A. teams have to play each other in the second round, and that way you get to avoid one of Kawhi Leonard or LeBron James, who might be the two best players in the world. And I think that's the ideal situation. Now let's see what happens with load management and the Clippers when, when they've tried to be so good with that and, and so patient with that. If they start to realize, hey, we're only, what, a half game now or a game ahead of the Jazz going into the All-Star break, and the Jazz can get really hot and win 10 games in a row like they have this season. Uh, and now Paul George is dealing with a hamstring injury, and you know that sidelined Mike Conley for 20 games. How long is it going to sideline uh, a guy like Paul George for? So I think that's going to be a really interesting battle. I think there's going to be a big push to make that two-three seed. Who can get there, though, is anybody's guess. Ben, last question from me is this: uh, The Jazz are 36 and 18, 28 games to go. Do they finish with 56 wins? Do they go 20 and 8 down the stretch? Is that possible? Do you think they'll do better than that? Uh, what's your gut? 
certainly possible to do that. I, I would be very surprised if they finish with fewer than 53 wins. And if they do, I think something has gone wrong. You know, they've lost somebody to injury or, or during the All-Star break, something just did not come back into the lineup very well. I think that's possible. But, but I think they're going to keep getting better. And, and maybe there's going to be still a couple of rough nights where you're trying to figure out the chemistry of getting everybody back, figuring out how to play Mike Conley with everyone. But they should honestly get better throughout the year. And, and most teams do. Some teams don't because they're young. You know, we've seen the Sacramento Kings in a years past have this sprint through the first half of the season and then realize it's a marathon and totally fall apart down the stretch. The Jazz absolutely won't do that, which is a good sign. But anything less than 53 wins at this point, I think, would be, would be disappointing. Ben, thanks for joining us. We uh, we do appreciate it. Have fun there in Chicago. Uh, I know you're, you you uh, people can read you at KSL.com. Is your stuff appearing anywhere else as well? Yeah, KSLsports.com is the best place to find me right now. You can also find us on Facebook to find all of our information. Okay. Ben, and you can catch him on the pre-half and post. Hey, will you have a Chicago dog for us? I'll have a couple. Than I in our honor? Okay. More than one. I'll have more than Perfect. one. Awesome. Make sure Thanks, you uh, put everything on there and make sure you enjoy it. You're not a mustard-only guy? No, I, I like I like the I'm whole. I'm with you. Yeah, I like whole it all. I know jalapenos. some people. Oh, some people think it's un-American. I get it, but that's the way I roll. Yeah, I'm with you guys, too. Load it up. All right, Ben. Thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. How you doing, Tom? Boom. We're back, at the, we're back with Big Tom again. I'm a little bit hot. I got. I feel like we just, just blew my blew my ears out. Why? Oh, oh, your doing sound. Boom? Oh, you're too loud for you. I'm yeah. a little bit hot. I thought you were bragging. Much better. Well, no, it is Valentine's. I, Day. I looked in the mirror this morning. I'm definitely <laughs> not hot. Don't, don't, don't. What do you got going on, Tom? Talk to us about uh, why people should come see us. This Adjustable weekend beds. Everybody wants one, and they're finally affordable. Let's talk queen adjustable beds. I have a head up, foot up with a, a mattress. It's a $1,700 mattress, a base. It's a $1,000 base. I'll do the entire deal for seven ninety nine. if you want the best. Uh, if you want with massage, the, the next step up, I can do head up, foot up with massage. 750-pound uh, capacity. Um, warranty is 20 years on the adjustable bed. Ten ninety nine with mattress. And then if you want the best, this is the one that has lumbar, head up, foot up, massage, um, USB lights. The flashlight even, the, excuse me, the remote even has a flashlight. Incredible. Sometimes at night you're in bed and, and you're looking for something. I use the flashlight all the time. <laughs> Oh, geez, I dropped that. Where is it? There, I found it. People probably ask you this sometimes. What bed do you sleep on, Tom? I sleep on the same base that you're buying. Oh. It's the best. All right. The very best. And I use the flashlight a lot. <laughs> I'm feeling <laughs> left out. I need to get one of these things. <laughs> oh, it sounds now, like Tom hey, has one. Listen, has next break, I'm going to make you come lay down for a second. All right. And I'm going to blow you away. The, the very best deal, this is a latex 14-inch latex hybrid the entire package is $12.99 um, and then don't forget if you're looking for a split king everybody's going to be blasting it all weekend it's President's Day weekend it's one of the big furniture weekends you're going to buy for half price here at the west uh, the, here at the warehouse better slow down so I can talk and um, 
Come and see us Monday. I'll get it delivered Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah, incredible deals. King head up, 10-inch hybrid, $899. That's unheard of, Gordon. I know. How about uh, the 1999 head up, foot up? Your choice of three or four mattresses, including a 14-inch latex, $1,999. The mattresses online are like $2,200 per side. I'm going to sell you both mattresses, both bases for $19.99. And then if you want the very best, I think one of the two are sold. Um, we had somebody come in here last Friday. They just called. They said they want it. So one of them might be sold. If you come in, you want the very best, $29.99. It has every, you know, Gordon. It's the Gordon t- Special. It's the Gordon goodness. Special, twenty nine ninety nine. So come us, come and see us. We're here in Orem, eighty six East University Parkway, and in Salt Lake, nineteen sixty seven South, three hundred West. Uh, we also have everything else you're looking for this weekend. Nightstands, forty nine bucks. How about? Uh, it, it's a deal that we haven't talked about. Gordon, you love this bedroom set. Yeah. I have it in two colors. It's solid hardwood. It's a bedroom set that everybody's going to be like 2200 bucks. King. This is a dresser, a king headboard, footboard rails, and a nightstand for 799 Normally, that price for a king is particle board. This is solid hardwood. Two colors to choose from, and if you're looking for queen, both colors, 599 Again, the warehouse. Boom. All right. There you hear it. It's a place that I tell everyone to come. All my family members, they, they, they've taken advantage of uh, the, the great deals down here, Tom. We appreciate it. Uh, we'll be right back, and uh, we'll complete my list right the here list. on the big show. Tim, we're having a lot of fun here today in the 5 o'clock hour. It's, uh, man, we have covered a lot of ground here today. We've talked jazz. We've talked NBA. We've talked, uh, we have talked All-Star Weekend. Uh, we have talked college basketball, BYU and, and Utah and uh, where they are right now. By the way, do you think that BYU and Utah State have a shot to get in the tournament, or do you think it's a long shot for Utah State? I think BYU's in for sure, and I think Utah State is right on the edge. I think they've got to obviously play well and win out. Um, the thing they have going for them is they won their conference tournament last year, mm-hmm. and once you've kind of broken that mental barrier, I think they, they'll have a real good shot down there this year. Do you like, are you a big proponent of conference tournaments? I don't like conference tournaments. Because it sort of wipes out what happens all regular season. Yeah, well, and especially, I I liked them less and less when I got into, we got into the situation where, um, you know, the WCC is kind of perceived as a one, maybe two from time to time bid league. Mm -hmm. But we did get three bids, um, and I think they'll get three bids this year with St. Mary's, BYU, um, and Gonzaga kind of looking like they're, I mean, although St. Mary's, Losing as bad as they did against Zach, it probably hurts them a little bit. But the, when we got into that league and we were kind of put in a situation where you either have to win that conference tournament uh, or show well in the conference tournament, um, you know, crazy stuff happens on one-off nights. And so there's a ton of pressure. Uh, and I think that more weight should be given to the the duration of the season. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, by the way, I've never had this conversation on the air with someone who is on the inside, but 
what was BYU basketball's attitude about going to the WCC? You know, it was, it was interesting. I think um, it was – uh, it was it was really kind of an interesting time for BYU, and I think that it was a football decision. It was right? a football decision, but it, it was more to a, a financial decision at the time. You know, we were bringing in just kind of a skiff of revenue from the Mountain West Conference. The TV deal was not great, as you remember. Mm-hmm. At times, it looked like the Mountain. Isn't that what the TV yeah. station? It looked like we were shooting it from a, you know, somebody's video camera. <laughs> Um, Somebody's phone. So, uh, yeah, and I think that, I think at the time it was there was a, a little of excitement about maybe something new, mm-hmm. um, but then quickly, and it, it, when I say quickly, the very first game we played uh, of the league, I think we played at LMU, and we walked out, and there were fifty people there, <laughs> and that was just really really different. Yeah, and I think that there was a whole lot of adjustment from Wait, going. That, that's different than playing in the pit. Just a little bit. Yeah. And people would say, well, isn't it easier? Well, it's hard to create your own energy. Mm-hmm. It's hard when you go into places and they're, it's really hostile, but it's almost like the players respond to that more than kind of dead environment. So, so was there um, – so, so at BYU, was there uh, – it's a strong word, but was there resentment that, uh, that basketball was being put – what seemed to be a little bit on that back burner, whereas football, this decision was made for their independence? I, I can speak for myself. I think originally, I think we were all part of the deal, um, and we were excited about it. But as it kind of, we realized what it was, um, I, I think there was human nature is to feel, because we, we had the Mountain West Conference pretty much on lock. I mean, that point in time, you got to remember, we were coming off uh, that year with Jimmer, yeah. right? Uh, and we just beat Gonzaga, and we went to the Sweet 16. Um, we uh, pretty much had taken names, right? We, we The Mountain West Conference was pretty much ours for a spell there. Um, and then to have that kind of ripped out, I, I would say over time it, there was some resentment for sure um, that while we, you know, we're company guys and we, we want to represent the brand, I think at times – we looked at our ourselves and said, man, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. You know, this is so odd. Did you have any idea that Kawhi Leonard was going to be as good as he ended up being? No, I knew he was a really good player. Um, he stood out. When you looked at him on the court, I remember uh, covering – I went down to San Diego for a game um, uh, against BYU, and, and it, it, was, it was palpable that this guy was different. I had no clue he would be, if not – one of the best players on the planet, one of the three best. No, there's no way. I I tell this story. I've probably told it way too many times on the air, but our scouting report on Kawhi was gap. Gap him, make sure he shoots it from a somewhat of a distance, and then block him out because he's going to go get the rebound. Uh, the sh- type of ball handler, the type of shooter, the type of big shot maker he's become, uh, and then, like you said, one of the top three or four players in, in the world. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that at the time. No, I, I had a ton of respect for the guy, but he, I did not think Kawhi would do what he did. No way. Um, all right, buying or selling a home. Homie will give you up to $5,000 back to help you with closing costs and fees. Remember, it's simple to get started with Homie. See more at homie.com. All right, we'll finish up the list in the 5 o'clock hour. Coming up next, you know, this Astros story continues to snowball. The cheating, 
the owner contradicted himself yesterday. Uh, and people are asking the question whether Major League Baseball is being too soft on the Strohs. We'll get to that. Uh, also, this is a special anniversary for Michael Jordan. We'll talk about that coming up next on The Big Show. Welcome back. It is The Big Show. Tim Lacombe sitting in for Jake Scott. Tim, are you uh, getting all uh, misty-eyed over there? Are you getting <laughs> love? love <laughs> I love this stuff. It is Valentine's Day. We I hope. feel like crooning. <laughs> Go ahead. Sing along. <laughs> we have a show that PK just, he and I just sing for an hour. Oh, well, at least you can sing. That's I true. You have to sit and you go to concerts with him and listen to him, huh? Oh man, all the time. But he, every once in a while, he hits the right. You know, he gets he strings the notes together pretty well. Two of the bigger surprises: how good a guy you are, and how big a jerk he is. Those are the two <laughs> takes takeaways. And you thought it was the other way around. Yeah, I thought you were the jerk. <laughs> man, uh, I wanted to uh, bring up this Astros thing with you, Tim. Uh, I don't know how closely you're following it, but obviously the sign stealing and the signaling and all this stuff. And uh, I don't know if you saw Jim Crane, the Astros uh, owner yesterday. He contradicted himself inside the 55 seconds saying that the Astros cheating, he didn't use that word, uh, didn't affect the games, and then that it did. Uh, What do you make of this mess? I I, I don't like cheaters. I hate it. I hate it so bad. And it really, I just sat back. It was like a... It was like a bad, bad movie almost yesterday, right? To sit and those guys have to go up there and act contrite when... And they weren't. They weren't. I didn't feel like they were. I didn't think there was any authentic, um, you know, feelings of true emotion about, hey, we we messed up. It was more like, yeah, we got to get up here because we got caught. Mm -hmm. We got to get through today and then we'll be, you know, scot-free. And that's... When someone asked him about the cheating and he said... Well, we didn't. Uh, we didn't really cheat. We broke the rules. And when he said when he said that, I'm paraphrasing there. But when he when I heard that, I just went, "Okay, this thing went off the tracks." I mean, are, are we really playing a game where you're going to delineate between those two things? And there's one thing: there's sign stealing, right? And that's been going on forever. Yeah. Um, I think it's the technology component right. to it that makes it. Uh, I remember we play games and. Uh, you know, look down, the, the bench would always try to steal your calls because mm-hmm. they'd watch enough film, they'd get all your calls. And that's just kind of part of the game. You know, we'd have a guy stand up and shield our our signal caller. Um, you see that in football all the time. They have to disguise all the different signs and calls. You'll see the guys, the coaches, with a, with a card, uh, cardboard in front right. of their face. exactly. You know? So they, you can't read their lips. So, I mean, I understand that, but I just think this took it one step too far where – now you're using technology to aid your ability to steal signs and give guys an advantage, and that's not what, you know, you shouldn't be able to do that. When you were coaching uh, college basketball, did it bother you if you suspected that a program was cheating? Oh, yeah. Did yeah. you think about that, or do you have to shove that out of your head? Or what, what, how did it shape your attitude? No, I think it's, it was pretty prevalent. Uh, you know, you go out to the AAU events, and, you know, I was there through – so I was recruiting for – for 10 years at BYU so you're out on the circuits you obviously know who the big sought after guys are 
Um, you start seeing the normal group of suspects that, you know, are, are typically involved with guys that are wanting something. Um, and, it, and it does. It gets a little tiring, particularly when you're trying to do everything, you know, the right way. And then what really rubs salt in the wound when you actually have a kid make a mistake um, that you have no part of as a coach or a university, and then they just throw the book at you. That, that's tough. What, uh, what percentage uh, of teams did you suspect were cheating? Oh, man. In some form or fashion, probably it's almost like the old rule. If you aren't cheating, you aren't trying. So I think the number, I don't know if I could put a number on it, but it's really, really high. Everybody's everybody for the most part. There's a ton of people out there in the game. Over it. over fifty percent. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's just something that, as a coach, you have to accept because there's nothing you can really do about it. Right. If you found out that an opponent, yeah, say conference opponent or somebody, some team that you see on a regular basis, if you found out they were cheating, would you rat them out? No. And that's probably you know, that's probably why we got the problem, because uh, I think everybody wants to go about their business, but. What's what's really difficult when you talk about it is, you know, I flip the TV on, I get so disgusted when I turn Auburn on or LSU on now, and I know what these guys now now we have tapes of what they said. Mm-hmm. Now it's not just guessing or or wondering. You you know they cheated, but they're still out there, you know, coaching this their teams, and they're going to go to the NCAA tournaments. That's frustrating. Maybe and it, not right. Maybe it isn't frustrating if you've got a deep uh, pocket situation to cheat yourself. I guess. But when you were at BYU, you just didn't feel like uh, you could uh, do what other folks were doing. Is that a fair question, or were you guys cheating too? No, <laughs> we weren't cheating. We we uh, we tried like crazy to keep every single rule. Obviously, the rules book is is thick, you know, thicker than a phone book. Yeah. So there's some things maybe you do by omission. I mean, I remember one year I, I showed up at a tournament around Christmas time, and I was sitting there watching. And I didn't see any of their college coaches, and I'm like, "What in the world?" And I looked down at you know and checked my phone. I'd booked the trip because you everything you do is just like it's like Valentine's Day. You don't you don't have time to plan ahead. You just kind of do everything on the fly. Uh-huh. But I'm sitting out there at this event, and there's no other coaches there. So I look at the calendar, and I'm out there during a time I shouldn't be out there. So I got to walk out of the gym. I got to call my compliance. I got to say, hey, I made a mistake. They got to self-report. And that's the stuff. Like, certainly made mistakes along the way, but never anything overt. And that's just not what we did at BYU or were about. Um, but we, you know, we certainly were playing a lot of teams that, you know, every year that got stuff going on. Well, Speaking of stuff going on, <laughs> Boom. Boom. Let's give it a big one, Thomas. Hey, your, we're out of time, but define cheating, because in Little League, we were taught to figure out what the signs were. So. No, that's part of the game, I think. Coaching yeah, but, but, but if somebody's if filming you it. Enough, if you, yeah, that's a, that's but if you difference. got somebody sitting in the stands filming your bench that's simply to different. get the signs, that's different. That is way different. Well, You're right. Let's touch on this, uh, the great deals here hey, at the warehouse real we, quickly. We uh, want you to come visit us. If you've never been into the warehouse, uh, adjustable beds are, are really hot. We just unloaded a truck of... Uh, New upholstery. I've got some incredible deals on sectionals. I've got this leather sofa, love seat recliner deal. Um, this is Utah's lowest prices on name brand furniture. Nobody beats our price. Um, quick, 
Example, 499 Queen adjustable bed with a 10-inch gel-infused memory foam mattress. The entire package, 499 Or the very nicest Queen set, 1299 That's massage, head and foot massage, USB plugs to charge your phone, AC plug to charge your uh, cell, well, not your cell phone, computer. but your laptop, your yeah. computer, your tablet, LED lights. How about lumbar support? You like that feature? Yes, I do. It's incredible. So twelve ninety nine includes a fourteen inch latex hybrid. Not only that, but the King deal eight ninety nine for a solid King head up foot up adjustable bed with a ten inch gel infused memory foam mattress. That is incredible. Or the very best deal in town, the twenty nine hundred and ninety nine dollar King adjustable set for the very nicest mattress and the very nicest basis. That's all four pieces, not each piece. What's a what's an example of a, a deal you have on something other than uh, a bed? Uh, instead of adjustable bed, uh, we talked real quickly about the bedroom set. I've got solid hardwood queen bedroom set, two colors to choose. This is a dresser, a nightstand, a headboard, a footboard, and rails for five ninety nine. That price is normally particle board. This is real hardwood. Mm. Uh, nightstand forty nine dollars. Ottomans will do the Gordon Monson deal. You Take half price off of, and then we haven't talked about this, but I will do everything in the store this weekend. Every yellow ticket twenty percent off. That's twenty percent off, off of Utah's those low prices. Already lowest price. Well, so what's the total percentage of what's off? It depends on the item. Um, for example, this bed, this bed, our big competitors, is made by Liggett and Platt. That's it's a quality a, item, man. It's a wrought iron bed. It's $599. We have it marked $199. Take 20% off of $199. So what are you talking? You're talking $169 that would require for me a to do king <laughs> wrought iron bed. That's in, incredible deal. Yeah, it is. I have an upholstered bed right there. Hundred and seventy nine bucks instead of six hundred bucks. Boom. It's one of the places I, I said it earlier, you gotta just come in, check it out weekly. Yeah. New deals, new new uh merchandise all the time. And one of the great guys in the valley here. Last Tom. last deal. The Coach Mac recliner. I have three of them left. It's made by one of the best brands in the industry. It's called Cheers. Two ninety nine. If you want power, I'll do power recline instead of eight ninety nine for three hundred and fifty bucks this weekend only. Hey man, it's a good deal, man. It's a great deal. All the guys at the zone come here for their furniture. Well, needs. I, I think we've sold good. probably ten beds to people who work at the radio station. I just I, the worst part about it now. I got to get the same same dang bed as you two clowns. You sure do. I mean, no, you're the you clown. Won't. You don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, thanks for having us down you here, bet. man. We're having a lot of fun. All right, stay with us. Love me tender, love me sweet. All right, there you have it. Uh, Tim, I appreciate you sitting in today, man. We've had a lot of fun on our Friday, on Valentine's Day, man. Yeah, it is, uh, like I said, I checked the box today. Um, you know, everybody's got little things they want to do. When I got into this uh, broadcasting thing, I wanted to work with Gordon because he's the king. Oh, man. <laughs> so thanks for putting up with me. Thanks for uh, 
for being uh, kind to me. I appreciate it's your fun. vast basketball knowledge. It's coming real handy today with where the Jazz are and obviously with the All-Star Weekend. A lot of people are charged up, even if you don't like the game itself, the All-Star Game, you know, because of the lack of the competition and all that sort of, but you like the show, you like watching the great players play. It's been nice to be able to discuss this with all your coaching background. Yeah, and, and I this is an All-Star Game I'm going to watch. It's been a long time, but out of respect to the Jazz, out of Rudy and Donovan, it's, it, there is an intriguing part of it uh, that will be interesting for us to watch. If there's one thing you're going to look for, what would it be? Just how Rudy fits in the situation. Yeah. I, I think there's almost an unintentional comedy when the big guys get out there and they don't really want to pass it to him they just want him to rebound and pass you know outlet and then run the floor and guard it's really a guards game it's a guards game yeah it's a guards game so that that will be probably the thing i'll watch the closest that was one of the reasons back in the day of carl malone you know he had to sort of depend on others to get him the ball and in this game i remember when he uh when he used to try and set screens for certain players and they just kind of wave him off yeah get away i want an iso yeah there was all that going on and carl was dependent upon people giving him the ball and it'll be interesting to see if they give rudy the ball i don't know if they will or they won't do you think he'll shoot a three? I'd be surprised. If yeah, he I would did. be surprised. But has he ever shot a three? I, not that I can remember. But that will be. Let, let's put that as the, uh, I guess, the Gordon Tim moment of the weekend. If if Rudy takes a three, <laughs> well, he shoots threes about as often uh, as Ben Simmons. That's true. And maybe he would shoot with better probably better accuracy. Uh, yeah. yeah, I imagine so. What do you think is going to happen in Philly? By the way. That's a mess there. As a as a former coach, what do you do? I, you know, I, I, I somebody told me a long time ago. You just trust the process. Isn't that what they say in Philly? <laughs> yeah, they trusted it for a while, but I'm not sure. I don't that, know that there's a whole lot of trust now. Thin, yeah, yeah, it, it is hard because chemistry is a is a big piece, and you got to have guys that want to play together. All right. Well, we wish everyone a fantastic Valentine's Day. Hope you and your loved one uh, have a have a wonderful time. And Tim. Thanks again for sitting there. Thank you. And, and, hey, for sure tonight when you're at that uh, Chinese restaurant, you enjoy your chicken tenders. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm going to buy uh, fifty nine ninety nine chicken tenders. Uh, you have uh, you have chicken tenders? Uh, you know, I just like some of those with a side of barbecue. It's only one pizza, right? Right. right. <laughs> just fold it over. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody.